All right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to Ajax Pod USA, or some like to call it Ajax Pod USA. Uh, I am your host, Kevin Johnson. We are primarily focused on uh, the Eredivisie, Ajax USA, but do have a passion for Arsenal Football Club, the dumpster fire it may be. But as an Arsenal fan, you're uh, you're never bored, I guess we could say. So uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. This is our first episode, so I do uh, want to talk about just a couple things. Um, I'm actually doing this pod in the car. You hear a turn blinker, you're going to hear some things. Hopefully you're not going to hear a honk or a crash. But <clears throat> I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, Ajax's 1-0 loss to Chelsea in the Champions League. Uh, we'll talk about Serginio Dest uh, this week, actually. I think it was today, uh, declaring his future for the U.S. men's national team. And uh, talk a little bit about Arsenal, what's going on uh, at the football club at the moment. So uh, just a quick recap of uh, last week and some events of today. So Arsenal, Arsenal's captain, Granit Xhaka, uh, love him or hate him. If you're an Arsenal fan, some people argue that he's being played out of position. Uh, He was made the captain by Unai Emery, which is not a fan, a fan favorite. But Unai Emery said it was voted on by uh, the players of the club. So say it, say about it what you will. Uh, You know, I like to say he wasn't, he didn't volunteer himself to be captain. You know, he was chosen. So what can you do, right? So he's uh, doing the best he can, honestly, in my opinion. He's that player that he'll give you everything he's got. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He'll he'll run till his legs fall off. And and that's what you want from a player. You want a player who, you know, is going to be a great servant to the club. And he is. He, he's a great servant. But, you know, at times, is he the best fit for that position? Uh, many will say no. Many will say no. Uh, he's clumsy. gives away silly, silly fouls uh, that put Arsenal in a bad position sometimes. And as we know, the back four, uh, David Luiz, Socrates, and you know, it's constantly rotating. But it's not the best. Uh, he was at, <coughs> He was uh, to blame for their uh, uh, for their their goal given away that loss of a match the other week. Uh, on a set piece, and uh, what he did, what he did over the weekend, uh, storm off. He was being jeered by by some of the Arsenal faithful, and you know I've been I've been hearing talk on Twitter, some podcasts of Arsenal fan TV, and you know people are okay with it. People aren't. Uh, people want him to be stripped of captaincy. People want him to, uh, you know give him a chance to redeem himself and I'm honestly I'm torn uh <coughs> I like the guy uh I've always liked Granite Shock I think more so as a person than a player uh I do love that he is that guy that like I said will give everything for the team he's um you never have to question his heart his desire it's there uh but is he the quality player that's going to get Arsenal to to the top four. That's going to get them to challenge for the league. Um, you know, many are many will argue no, and and in my opinion, I, I don't think so. But his actions, you know, not justified. Justified. I've heard I've heard a lot of talk. 
you know, the abuse that he's received on social media, um, about his, his pregnant wife, different things like that. <coughs> and the way you got to break it down is we're all, we're all humans, no matter if he's a role model, role model or not, we're all humans, we're all humans. And, you know, this guy, he provided an assist that game. Yeah, we were, we were drawn 2-2, but with the work that he provided, yes, it's Granite Shaka, so he's not going to be that messy, he's not going to be that change maker, but he did put in his shift, okay? Was he substituted? Yes, because Unai thought that the game needed a different direction, uh, but what's that say about Unai Emery? And, you know, taking out your, your captain with 25, 30 minutes to go. Um, you know, where's your leadership going to come from? Where's your, your discipline? Where's your communication going to come from? So how much faith does Unai really have in Granite Shaka? And, <coughs> and he honestly just just made, made it fairly easy for a lot of the criticism to go towards Granite Shaka uh, during the whole season so far. Uh, no matter what happens in the game, there's something always said about Granite. There's something always... Um, I always said about Unai, and I don't know if that really takes a load off Unai Emery, but you know it's a little unfair to Granit Xhaka. Like I said, he didn't volunteer to be captain. Uh, he's, you know, he's not putting himself in the team lineup week in, week out. Uh, but he's there, you know. And is he the right one for the job? Uh, can Arsenal do better? He's playing defensive midfield when he's really not defensive mid. Uh, so, but you know he is doing the best he can. <coughs> I watched the video. Uh, I'm no lip reading expert. My ears aren't the greatest, so I didn't hear. I didn't hear Shaka tell the Arsenal faithful to fuck off. But you know what? It seems like majority of the population have. It seems like a lot, a lot of people have, and it's been reported in major news outlets too, not just uh, people sharing tweets or videos. Uh, so sure we all saw it told the crowd to fuck off walking off the field when he was sub cupped his ear to the crowd letting them know that he hears them and <coughs> and he walked off the pitch took his shirt off i read articles saying he ripped it off things like that he didn't rip it off guys okay he's not he's not hulking through his shirt and ripping it off and just you know, disrespecting the club to the most. Although he is disrespecting the club. He took his shirt off and he went through the tunnel, you know, where the normal practice is get subbed off. You go to the bench and, you know, put a coat on. You sit and watch the rest of the game. Uh, I, I know nobody likes to be subbed off. You're the captain. There's 30 minutes to go. And there's, you know, you're battling back and forth between this this team and this game. And you're, you know, you don't want to drop any points. You had 2-0 lead early on and you... You know, here you are at another game where you're about to drop points, and I'm sure it's frustrating. I'm sure it's really frustrating. So, <coughs> so he he definitely voiced his frustration getting subbed off. And, you know, can you blame him? He's he's human. Like I said, did he have a lapse of judgment? Did he have a moment of frustration where he just couldn't control himself? Yes, yes, he did. Um, will he get better? You know what? This is such a it's such a an out of character move for him because he's always looked com- 
now not with his tackles but you know off the field things like that he's always looked like that composed guy he's he's done interviews he's he, he looks like the kind of guy that that you'd want to be friends with the guy you invite to dinner the guy you can trust you know watching your dog for the weekend you know he's a stand-up guy and and to see that from him was really shocking and you know i've been watching the club for years I remember when he was transferred or when he came on a transfer and uh it was it, it was a little sad for me because again like i said i really liked the guy I, you know of course you never want a player to do terrible you always want the best even if you know you realize he's not the best you know if he was to move on to another club like mickey you know alexi sanchez you want them to do good you want them to do well you want them to succeed you know our club or not uh, former arsenal and professional athletes in general so so seeing him like that and hearing the abuse that he got from the crowd uh it it wasn't fair and and you know what you can't be blaming the crowd shaka unai you can't be can't be pointing fingers because in this situation no one's no one's uh uh, has their hands clean you know the, the crowd if you've ever been to a game uh, any sporting event you, you know, look at the person next to you in front of you behind you and you know how mean uh, people can be in the crowds you know you know how serious people take their football and you know when you're not putting in the performance and your team's dropping points and they're 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 not performing up to expectations you know and you've been frustrated for weeks and here's your captain walking off the field. I'm sure he's he heard the booze. I'm sure he heard some mean things. And you can understand how he's frustrated. You know, he's a frustrated man. And it's almost as if he say, what else? Like, what else can I do? You know, I'm, I'm not the most technical. I'm not the most amazing. You're not going to have that, that amazing tackle and... You know, I'm going to lob the ball 40 yards, perfectly placed pass. I, he puts in his shift. And, you know, for him to have that, that sort of reaction, we got subbed off. Um, now, I did hear that that the reaction wasn't uh, overwhelmingly booze when he got subbed off. And, it, you know, it was more so when he started walking. And that I could understand, um, but still it's not justified. You know, he is your, he is your player. You want what's best for him. Uh, and you want what's best for the team. Uh, but we want to do it in a respectable uh, way that we could always look back on and, you know, say we handle that with class. We, we respect our players. The players respect the fans, the club, and, and you know, overall have that mutual mutual respect. Um, but, but with that said, uh, uh, it was a fortunate <coughs> couple points dropped for, uh, uh, for Arsenal. They had the lead 2-0 early, and I was actually at work, and uh, uh, I was getting the updates. I was like, oh, 1-0, oh, oh, great, great, great. 2-0, oh, early lead. And, you know, and then I looked at the lineup early, and I said, oh, we got we got Lacazette, we got Aubameyang. You know, Pepe found his touch again over the weekend or um, through the week with those free kicks. Like, who's on the score sheet? Who's on the score sheet? And then <laughs> David Luiz did not – not expect to see a couple defenders on the score sheet, but hey, you know, goal's a goal, and we'll take them where we get them. And, you know, especially early on, I I have no idea why, but, you know, the way Arsenal's been this season, but for whatever reason, that match, um, 
I felt com- I felt confident. I felt good. I said, you know what? Like, about time we got some points, you know, like in the league and, you know, doing well, performing early. We're not, you know, I know it was still early. It was still the first half, but, you know, I felt confident. And I thought if this game is 2-0 early, uh, 2-0 right now, you know, just what's it going to be in, at halftime? What's it going to be, you know, full-time? And I was excited. I was excited and I was looking forward to it. And I re- had really hoped that uh, we would have kicked it into gear even more and, you know, really showed them what we are made of. But, you know, the results aren't always what you want. Unai, uh, the pressure is mounting. It definitely seems like uh, the... Uh, it definitely seems like the the crowd and the fans are uh, are losing faith, losing faith quickly. Um, so so that's it on Arsenal for now. Uh, I know I did say at the beginning that this is more so a Ajax, and then uh, touch a little bit on on Arsenal. But you know, I just felt like God. I've just been reading that for the past few days, and and uh, I thought it was such a big event. Your captain doing that. So uh, I wanted to touch on that. But uh, <coughs> uh, real quick, we'll talk about the Ajax's 1-0 loss to Chelsea. I uh, was watching that game. I was really impressed with how uh, Quincy Pro- uh, Promise looked and uh, really unfortunate to be flagged off sides for that goal. It was it a was great buildup. Uh, I would have put money on it. I would have said that he was he was onside. Uh, I thought that was unfair and it was unlucky, but you know, with VAR and the way it is now, the way that they review every goal, you you just never know. And yeah, I'm I'm familiar with a lot of a uh, a lot of these emotions watching, you know, football and uh, American football, things like that. So I, you know, I'm familiar with touchdowns being over overturned because of instant replay showing that someone was off uh, out of bounds or something like that. But uh, still getting used to it in in uh, in the soccer world, and you know, watching that, you you just tell yourself, you got to be kidding me, you know, you got to be kidding me. And uh, th- these are actually two clubs I like. You know, I, I'm with Chelsea. You know, I don't hate them, I don't dislike them. I, they're not my favorite, but you know, I do like them, I, I, and they are fun to watch at times. Um, you know, especially this year, Eden Hazard, Eden Hazard leaving and uh, um, the youth that they're bringing up. And uh, it was nice to see uh, Christian Pulisic uh, help out with the assist. Uh, Michi uh, uh, Batsuai, you know, Batman getting his goal. I've always been a fan of his, so I like. I, I did like to see him on the score sheet, but you know, I was really hoping that um, that Ajax would have pulled it off and. Uh, I I thought that goal that was disallowed really took a lot out of them. Uh, you know they did not look themselves a lot of the game. You know what what we're used to seeing from Ajax and their passing and and their play. And <coughs> I think one of the one of the things that summed it up was a Arsenal. Uh, Ch- excuse me, a Chelsea defender uh, going back towards uh, towards the line, and he's going to clear the goal or he, he's going to clear the ball uh, from. Uh, Zayek and he just it wasn't a crazy move but you know he did uh, that classic Johan Cruyff you know little move and um, and Zayek just fell and and 
you know, could have been a slip, could have been a wet, wet floor, didn't get studs in the ground. But that image, uh, you know, because I've seen the loop on Twitter, and it just summed up um, IX's night. And <clears throat> and at the certain point, you just you felt like you know what they're not they're not playing like themselves. Even if it is a home game, they're not playing like themselves. They're, they look a little different. Um, look a little different this time. <laughs> Um, this time out, this tonight, and you know, and and Chelsea were rewarded. They got that, they got that goal laid on. Um, they walk away with three points, and you know, if you're Chelsea, you're happy. But if you're Ajax, you you've got to be a little disappointed. You've got to be um, uh, upset, and especially a home game, and where you know, arguably, Chelsea isn't firing on all cylinders. So you see this as an opportunity to really. Um, you know, to really get some uh, some points uh, out of this crucial uh, Champions League game when you think about it, and and you know, every of course, you know, as we all know, every point helps when you're you know trying to get out of the group stage, and yeah, it's <coughs> uh, it's got to be a blow. It's definitely got to be a blow. Uh, so you now it's going to be interesting to see um, to see how they they recover from this and. Uh, uh, the next group stage, uh, next group stage game, but uh, but I, you know the IX are they're always always consistent. You know every now and then we are, you know this is sports. You're gonna have a bad night, but uh, trust that they'll come back. Trust that that they'll find their touch again. And uh, you know it could have just been an off night. Uh, so uh, so there's that. And last thing before we wrap this uh, this first show up, um, Serginio Desk. He declared uh, that he'll play for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Serginio Des, if some of you don't know, he's a, a current IX defender, born and raised in Netherlands, has, <coughs> I believe, an American father, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he had been invited to the U.S. men's national team for, for years. He's played in the, the uh, U.S. men's national team youth team. Uh, and I uh, heard in an interview that, you know, he never really considered it uh, until he, he took a trip to the U.S. And he really fell in love with the culture and, um, you know, and things like that. And I always find these uh, these cases intriguing, especially, you know, right before the uh, 2014 World Cup when Jurgen Klinsmann got, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, German nationals and you know you remember a uh, mixed disc route and you you remember uh, um, uh, Aaron Johansson and you know these players that you know kind of weren't on the radar with the previous coach and all of a sudden these guys are you know they they have eligibility to play for them for the national team and you know here they are and they're you know they're making a a big impact on our team and their starters and they're you know we we're competing and uh, you know it, it was an exciting time it was an exciting time and, and I I was always intrigued by that by that and I was always a uh, uh, curious as to you know you know everyone has their different reasons but you know why you know Jermaine Jones would choose you know German I remember him in an interview a guy who spoke very broken English and I'm like man this guy's playing for you know, this guy's been born and raised in Germany. You would think that he would, you know, be connected to as a Germany on such a significant level that he would, you know, 
if he's able to play for Germany. And same thing with uh, Serginio Des. You would think, I've been born and raised, and you know, I, I love my country, and uh, you know, but these guys get the opportunity to play for the U.S. men's national team, and uh, uh, you know, and with Serginio Dest, I thought this was an incredible decision because you, you, we remember uh, after after the uh, 2010 World Cup, the Dutch national team had quite a bit of a hangover where I don't think they one year they I don't think they qualified for the uh, for the Euros and <coughs> and everyone's just you know just wondering what's going on and they were such a power before and now they just can't get it together and uh, they don't have an identity and and they've really um, done a good job to you know what Ronald Coleman's doing with them they've really done a good job to to establish some players and of course the rise of uh, you know Donnie Van de Beek Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, Matthias De Ligt, uh, you know, and players like that, uh, you know, they've really done well to to establish themselves on the national stage again. And you would just think, especially for for Sergio Des, you know, being in the heart of the Netherlands in Amsterdam, the heart, you know, A, uh, Ajax and the biggest club in the Eredivisie, and you know, all the talk and all the excitement around um, the upcoming Euros and and how the Dutch team is back, baby. And, you know, you would think that that would really play into his, his decision. And, you know, this is looked like the prime time for, you know, for him to, you know, make that transition and, you know, declare for the Dutch national team and, and really be like a promising uh, young star. You know, he's starting for Ajax and uh, you, you you would think that that would be you know his decision, but yeah, choosing the the U.S. men's national team. I'm, you know he for a young man, and he, he had an interview today, and you know, um, for a young man that can't be easy. That cannot be an easy decision, and you know the fact that you know he felt so connected to to the U.S. You know just like some of some of these other players. Um, you know I, I did hear in 2014. Um, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, they are only choosing the U.S. men's national team because they can't cut it in their their European um, their European country teams, and you know they never make it. This gives them a chance for national football." And blah, blah blah. Like, okay, you know, if that's a case, that's a case. But um, you know, choice. Um, at the end of the day, they did make the decision to play for for the U.S. men's national team, and you know they did so with pride. And I've always seen you know players play with pride and uh, play for the badge. And, <clears throat> and you know they've all all said how how much of an honor it's been to uh, you know to wear the crest and and you, you love to hear that especially from someone that you know you would least expect that from especially from someone who you know was born and raised in another country and I, you know I believe Jermaine Jones never never met his dad you know until until things were much later and and uh, he actually looked for him or I think his wife helped him find him and. You know, I think that's uh, that's that's really cool to hear. So for Sergio Des, you know, saying that he felt, you know, really connected to the U.S. and, um, you know, <coughs> at a point where you know he's so young and this was such a such a life changing decision. And 
uh, you know, he did say yes. You know, I know that the Dutch national team is, you know, competitive and, you know, they're going to be competing for Euros and World Cup and, you know, you're on a bigger stage. But, you know, he just said that, you know, his heart was with the U.S. men's national team. And, uh, you know, proud of him, proud of him for making that, that very tough decision at a young age and, you know, his maturity and whatever team that he did choose. You know, I I like I like the kid. I you know, all, I've rooted for him uh, ever since, like, you know, his name came on the radar. And, uh, you know, really hope hope the best. You know, if he would have went to the Dutch team, I really would have hoped that, you know, he you know, would have came through the ranks, would have started. And, you know, now that he's with, you know, Team USA, you know, even more so, you know, really hope the best for him. And, you know, exciting. That's that's an exciting addition. You know, we have a, we have a lot of uh, – um, <coughs> we have a lot of youth coming up and, you know, don't have to mention Christian Pulisic, but with Sergio Das and um, and a lot of people coming through the ranks and Josh Sargent and uh, you know still about a year year out from the World Cup is it a year year or so. Uh, you know, it's it's exciting, and I really hope that we're able to uh, you know to organize a team. I really hope that uh, Greg Berhalter is really gonna uh, gonna come through, and uh, you know we we can compete. You know, we can compete and. Uh, be a, you know, be proud to, uh, you know, to represent, and, and it's an exciting time. So, uh, just wanted again touch on a couple things. If no one ever listens to this, hey, it was fun. It was fun to just talk about soccer, even if it's, you know, to a podcast. So, um, if you are listening to this, I really do appreciate it. You're probably one of the first, and I hope this uh, <coughs> this isn't the last. Uh, I will not be doing this in my car on the drive home from work again. This was something to say, hey, you've been, you've been wanting to do this podcast for months and months, and you, you keep telling yourself you need to do the homework and blah, blah, blah. And today I just said, hey, just start it. Just freaking start it. Get off your butt. Start it. And then go from there. Okay? So from now on, it's, you know, I will have uh, some facts and you know, I will have uh, topics prepared. I won't, won't just be going off the cuff. You know, I'm going to have some some information. Um, you know, if I'm talking about a player or if I'm talking about a team's performance, different things like that. Um, but hey, I I really appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, signing off. This is Kevin. Bye.